Hey there, I got a question to ask you. Who are you in your relationship? Are you Wendy or Peter Pan? Or perhaps you're the Lear jet loving sugar daddy or the gold digger. Or maybe perhaps you're the priestly priest or nun. Well, whatever you are, you are going to really enjoy this time that we're going to be having together. We're going to be talking about relationship architects. We're going to define what it is. And more than that, we're going to be explaining like how you can get a real, authentic, and nurturing relationship in your romantic life. So grab a beverage of your choice, and we're going to get to all of that coming to you after this short break. Hey, 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 and we're back. So glad that you're here. The Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast is not just designed for introverts, or for entrepreneurs. It's designed for anybody who wants to improve how they relate first and foremost with themselves and then with other people, and especially in areas that involve the heart. If you haven't done so already, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening. That way, as soon as I drop an episode, which I usually do on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you'll be able to listen to it instantly. And for those of you guys who have been listening, I really appreciate and advance you writing a review, sharing this podcast with someone that you know, and just amplifying the message. I cannot get this message out of communicating with love rather than intimidating people with threats or seducing people with guilt and shame without your support. So I need your help. So let's be like homies and like help each other out, you know? <laughs> if you're interested in learning more about me, check out denisegly.com. There you'll be able to read my articles, learn more about my story and why I do the things that I do, and obviously inquire about working with me if that's something that is of interest to you. Also, let's get social. I do my spicy hot takes on Twitter, X, whatever they want to call themselves this week. Check me out there. I'm also leaving links for you to be able to access me via social media. And then also, if you're connected with me via my website. You can also sign up to my weekly newsletter. I send that once a week. And I say stuff that I don't say anywhere on my Twitter or my website or heck, even here on our time via the podcast. So check that out. That's a place that you want to be. So I got the hookup for you wherever you want to be. All right. Now, I'm going to talk about something that is guaranteed to offend, but it's going to like make you feel good afterwards. You might have a, a chuckle or two, but I'm going to be talking about a very serious issue, and this is an idea of relationship archetypes. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, this is an idea that was based on from Carl Jung as a Swiss psychiatrist and psychoanalyst. And he has done so many things to contribute to the world of psychology. But one of the things that he talked about mostly is archetypes. Archetypes, if you don't know what they are, are universal symbols and themes that are fundamental and present in the collective unconscious of humans. We are souls trapped in physical bodies. And this, we're not talking about whether or not you believe in God or the devil or any of this stuff. We're just talking about on a spiritual plane. And anyway, we have archetypes that are kind of just think of them as roles that we, for the most part, unconsciously fall into. And for the purposes of, of this article, we're going to be talking about Jung's perspective on how the shadow self can damage your interpersonal relationships. And let me give you some more context before we get into archetypes, because it's really important that you understand that the things that we do 
we fall into habits that are indicative of what we have seen from our family and our friends, but don't necessarily serve us. And so that being said, for us to be really grounded spiritually, we're going to have to either do things that respect our feelings or our thoughts. This is called ego systonic. And unfortunately, due to a maladaptive life script, again, from the things that you've learned from your mom or your dad, your cousin, religion, culture, whatever, you can actually sabotage yourself in these areas in many areas of your life, including your romantic life. And that being said, I'm going to be telling some stories. And if it, if it makes you go, it feels a little too close to home. I hope you understand that I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about archetypes, okay? But as you're listening, ask yourself, like, have I been in this situation now or am I in a situation where I have a repeating pattern in the past? Just something for you to think about because the way that we can be able to grow and evolve into the best version of ourselves is to be being honest with ourselves, okay? Now, I don't want you sending this message to people and say, I want you to listen to timestamp 15 when Denise is talking. Like, I don't want you to do that, boo-boo. I want you to be able just to listen to this and ask yourself, okay, mm, I'm definitely getting a little sensitive about this issue, okay? That being said, let's get straight into it. Let's first talk about Wendy and Peter Pan. Do you know about the Peter Pan story? It's a fun and adventurous tale about a young boy who lives in the magical land of Neverland. Never, Neverland. And Peter never wants to grow up, and he befriends the Lost Boys. And along the way, a young lady named Wendy joins them on their adventure. However, Wendy eventually realizes that Peter will never leave this unrealistic place. Or will he? You see, many women act like Wendy in the story, trying to change their partner. And the real question is, like, why? Like, why would you do that? You know, he, he's not wanting to grow up. But you have to understand is, Wendy feels safe when she's able to yield power and control without resistance. She does things because she has suppressed her natural feelings and instincts in favor of her masculine, intuitive side. Okay. As a result, she looks for a Peter or a man boy who wants to be led instead of taking the lead in the relationship. And unfortunately, being authoritative comes at a high cost. Peter, seething with suppressed rage, is prone to passive-aggressive tendencies. He, quote, may forget important tasks, make snide and patronizing comments, or avoid or abruptly end serious conversations. Now, I'm thinking right now about this couple that I see at my church, and it's just so hilarious. I could just tell that man is a family, a wife, she brings her husband, and then maybe one or both of the kids show up. Anyway, they, they, they sit in the balcony row with me, and the, the husband never stands at all for praise and worship. And when it comes time for everybody to say acknowledge each other before the service starts, like greet your neighbor. He never acknowledges anybody. He just sits there and he fumes. Sometimes he'll bend his head towards the his knees and just pout. And this man, he looks like in his late 40s. This is not a little boy. This is a grown man. And I could see the wife sneering at him from time to time. Like, for example, they had this announcement in church where they said, hey, are you interested in joining the church? And I remember she looked at her husband and elbowed him. I was like, come on, you need to do and pointed toward the screen. 
This is what I'm talking about with a Peter Pan and the Wendy situation. You could just tell the woman is trying to castrate him emotionally. And the man, he, he might comply, but he's going to make so much hell in the process. Look, this arrangement never works long-term happily. And unfortunately, sometimes Peter will find a new woman who won't complain about his immaturity. Or he just might just sulk indefinitely. It'll make the woman sick. If the masculine woman is honest with herself, she'll see that over-domineering and controlling is detrimental to her health, and on top of that is showing behavior to the kids that is quote-unquote normal. Look, you deserve a life partner, not a project that's behind schedule and over budget. This is the time where if you are a masculine woman, you're going to have to make the decision to either accept or reject your man, but please don't tolerate an unsatisfactory relationship. I see it all the time. I see so many masculine women who try to control and partner their partners. And it always starts with the phrase, he's good, but he could improve in specific areas. Then comes the nagging and the complaining and then the controlling behaviors. Sometimes the man complies, but other times he becomes a passive-aggressive monster because he resents deeply being ordered and bossed around like a little boy. And consequently, the woman becomes tired, resentful, and frustrated. However, she stays addicted to her controlling and manipulative behavior while the man becomes more childish, hiding, and sneaks around. That's no way to live. L look, ladies, if, if you identify as a Wendy, if he is not good enough, don't try to control him. Please find a better man. Immature men and women tend to act in strange yet predictable ways. So if you're sensing a pattern like he doesn't want to grow up, believe him. <laughs> like he doesn't want to grow up. All right, next, let's talk about the gold digger and the sugar daddy. And this is where I want to put out the lyrics from Kanye West's gold digger. Now, I ain't saying she's a gold digger, but she ain't messing with a broke n-word <laughs> we often glorify these individuals in movies and songs and social media they sit on a learjet sipping dom perignon while bragging about their latest exploits and adventures these are the gold diggers who love the money the power the fame that a sugar daddy can provide and let's talk a little bit more about the, this gold digger in case you've ever wondered why some women use men as a meal ticket, in the book Fathers and Daughters by Dr. David Appleton, he explains how women have three stages of emotional development, Eden, or early bliss, adolescent turbulence, and separation. Some women never fully mature from the adolescent stage and constantly look for a man to extend their adolescence permanently. They're the gold digger. They're constantly looking to take advantage of immature or vulnerable men. And these women are colloquially known as financial opportunists. As I mentioned earlier, Kanye West rapped about them in his song Gold Digger. A few of Robert Mudrick's and Donald Trump's former wives also fit in this category. Look, immature women just want to find a sugar daddy to absolve them of any and all financial responsibilities. They dress provocatively, wait outside sporting arenas, have sex with athletes or entertainers, and hang out with Wall Street executives and snort cocaine with them in nightclubs. There's so many versions of these kind of women. Maybe you want to go on a uh, search mission, just go turn on Bravo and watch any real housewife installment. But anyway, I want to talk about a, a very personal experience I've encountered with a gold-digging woman. I'll call her 
Uber girl. Once I had the unfortunate experience of being involved in a private women's group that claimed to be for personal development and refinement. However, after a couple of months, I realized it was nothing more than a gold diggers club. There was a young woman in the group who complained about something that I couldn't believe was even possible. I couldn't even believe a person like this was roaming the earth, to be quite frank with you. This young lady demanded that her dates arrange for her personal transportation using Uber Black, which is Uber's luxury line. While I could understand if transportation was poor and reliable, this was hardly the case for someone living in New York City, famously called the city that never sleeps. Yet this Uber girl, as I like to call her, complained to me and others about how she couldn't find a man who would agree to her unrealistic terms and conditions. Surprise, surprise. Anywho. One day, she informed me and the other ladies in our group that she was sexually assaulted while on a date with a Wall Street executive. Her date agreed to pick and drop her off via Uber Black and made arrangements for them to eat at a Michelin-grade restaurant. During their outing, he drank heavily. By the way, men drink to knock out their intuitive thinking in order to access their instinctual feelings and groped her during the evening. And look, I am not excusing this man's behavior, but I want to illustrate a point. This sugar daddy wanted, quote, payment, and he needed to lower his inhibitions in order to feel comfortable to receive it. Both sugar daddies and gold diggers are in a constant state of want to obtain either sexual or financial gratification. Now, I want to just move over now and talk about the sugar daddy. The sugar daddy, this man, he believes that with enough power and prestige, you can control all outcomes and people. Therefore, he works the bone to make sure that he gets what he wants with minimal resistance. You see him in all areas, in politics, and sports, and finance. He's the one that is most likely to be featured in a Me Too situation. There was a very famous uh, Weinstein, Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein. That's another classic uh, example of the sugar daddy. He just thought that he could pay off people and things to get what he wanted. He's a man that will not hesitate to resort doing in, to intimidating, intimidation or just doing anything to get things done his way. And so let's talk about now cougars and gigolos. What's interesting about the situation is that these roles can be reversed. For example, we always talk about sugar daddy, but what do you call a sugar mommy? Well, sugar mommies are called cougars. And what do you call a a gold-digging man. Well, call him a gigolo. And Madonna is a classic example of an older woman who is being more impacted by the testosterone in her, her After menopause, for lots of women, the estrogen drops, testosterone was more impacted. And, and, the, and the transverse is also possible, is for, is for men as well, where men who reach andropause in their mid, mid-40s up, upwards, they have a drop in testosterone and they're more impacted with the estrogen that's naturally in the system and they want to be taken care of and they want to be cherished. And so it's not strange to see older men wanting to be loved and doted for and cared for. And sometimes they will want financial compensation. All sorts of interesting things can happen. Okay. Now let's kind of move on and talk about a new section. Let's talk about the priest and the nun. I really love talking about this because you see it, you don't see it talked about as much as you as it should be. And the reason behind it is because nobody wants to admit that 
there in any of these type of relationships. Obviously, we, we just first talk, talked about Peter Pan. We talked about the sugar daddy uh, and gold digger. And, but the same thing goes for the priest and nun. No one's going to admit that they're in any of these roles. And if you're listening to them, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I, I feel uncomfortable. Like, that's okay. It's not unnormal. But anyway, let's just continue with this conversation. The priest and the nun. The world needs saving, and somebody has to do it. Enter the priest and the nun. They feel mandated by a higher authority to feed the poor, fix global poverty, represent the disenfranchised, advocate for the needy, and perform a billion other tasks. These characters are too proud to label themselves as activists, civic believers, proud servants to the greater good. And in the beginning of your relationship, the priest or the nun seems noble, humble, and dedicated. You can sit for hours as he or she pontificates about their cause. However, your relationship problems start when you ask them to spend time with you. This means taking time away from their main mission. And expecting them to do anything is a fatal flaw on your part. The fact of the matter is, they are already in a covenant relationship with their career. The nun or priest cannot tolerate anything or anyone that interferes with their pious goals. And this is a, a time where I want to talk about the high priest and nun of Washington, D.C. politics. Look, being married to politics is never a good idea. Enter George and Kellyanne, Kellyanne Conway. Although Catholics, their bigger love and affection are for anything surrounded 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington, D.C., a.k.a. the White House. And they're so committed to political endeavors that one chose to represent a controversial political candidate and the other decided to create an organizational organization designed to undermine their respective spouse's political campaign efforts. While they put on a brave face publicly, no one could deny it negated and damaged their marriage. And finally, they acrimoniously separated in the midst of their daughter's appearance in a sexually oriented publication. And despite the destruction of their multi-decade union, they are both still heavily invested in politics. <sighs> Let me, bef go, before I go into the healthier adaptive relationship archetype, I want to just have close my final thoughts about the maladaptive or the unhealthy relationship archetypes. The priest, the nun, the sugar daddy, the uh, gold digger, and then obviously Wendy and Peter Pan. I'm often, often asked if it's possible to occupy more than one maladaptive role. And the answer is yes. Elon Musk, also known as the high priest of Mars occupation, can easily occupy the priestly role of technological pursuits and then become a sugar daddy with his next lover. Furthermore, gigolos and Peter Pan share commonalities, both desiring a strong and powerful woman to provide for their sexual and financial needs. And while these archetypes that I've talked about with you right now have been exaggerated for comedic purposes, the, purposes, pur the fact of the matter is that both men and women who mismanage their spiritual energy can make a mess out of everything, including their relationships. And now I want to talk about an adaptive ro romantic relationship between a feminine woman and a masculine man. Look, in any project which includes the romance area, there are leaders and there are followers. There's co-pilots and there's a pilot. And too many cooks can mess up a dish, and this logic extends to romantic relationships. If two people want to be leaders and compete to make all decisions, at the same time, they will inevitably experience a breakdown of communication. If they decide to stay together, 
they may do so for financial career purposes, and then seek a respective alpha or dominate or beta submissive, submissive lover on the other side. And one can look to Hillary and Bill, 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 Hillary and Bill Clinton and countless other examples. And I know that this may seem irritating, what I'm going to say to third or fourth wave feminists, but the fact of the matter remains, men and women cannot jockey for power and avoid negative fallout. Women must decide for themselves whether or not they want to be feminine or masculine. And a feminine woman will happily defer decisions and leadership to controlling, competitive, and conquering men. And before you say, Denise, he's going to abuse me, he's going to beat me, my answer is, no, boo-boo, no, he won't. If he was raised to listen and to be attuned to your feelings, he will always take your feelings into account when making key decisions. And I'm speaking this message as a recovering masculine woman. I would try to compete, conquer, and control the, my husband. I would try to make all the decisions and, and, and take charge and do certain things. And because he was raised in a very uh, a, a matriarchal society himself, he was down for it, but the fact of the matter is I was getting stressed, I was getting tired, making all the decisions, trying to make sure everyone's lined up in place, making sure everything's done well, and it was draining for my health. And now my husband will say, hey, I want you to go and do this. Hey, I want you to do that. And I'm like, okay. Look, here's the thing. Unless you need to call a doctor, a lawyer, or a police officer as legal, unethical, or immoral, let it slide, boo-boo. Let it slide. You do not have to try to jockey with him. Some of women just think that they have to have control at all times in order to feel safe. Now, that is a result of trauma. That's something that needs to be resolved. Obviously, we can work with each other. Visit my website, denisechilee.com. Inquire, work with me. If that's something that you need to work through, all right, if you're a man that have, has felt emasculated because of being in a very dominating household and you want to regain your manhood, like that's a conversation that we can have too if that's something that you want. But the fact of the matter is too many of us are occupying roles that are completely inauthentic to ourselves and it's making us lose our freaking minds and it's ruining the things that we say that we want the most. You, you feeling me on this? So the question that you have for yourself is, what do you want to be? Do you want to be the Peter Pan <laughs> do you, or Wendy? Do you want to be priest or nun? Do you want to be the gold digger right, or the sugar daddy? Or do you want to be a healthy person in a romantic relationship? And I have to just say one more thing for the, the LGBT community, gay or lesbian community. Look, here's the thing. You have to decide for yourself if you want to be feminine or masculine in your relationship. And you're going to have to find a partner who's going to be able to respect that, okay? And that's something that you have to decide for yourself. I'm not going to sit here and try to persuade you one way or another. It's just an issue of what makes sense for your energy and your lifestyle, okay? And your, pref your preferences, obviously. Well, I know I said a lot. My question for you is, what do you need for your life romantically? What areas do you need to kind of revi revisit and say, oh my goodness, I really need to focus more on X or more on Y? That's a decision that only you can make for yourself, okay? I'm always here if you need support. Well, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, make sure that you share it with somebody else, write a review, all that fun stuff. Well, again, thank you so much for listening. Take care and be awesome.